0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, my name's Dave I'm one of the leaders here. It's great to see if you're new here, then welcome to you. If you're listening on podcast, then it's great to you tuning in today. So we've got um just to let you know we've got we're meeting this week next week on the 17th which is the day of our um, our cows, cows at the town hall, we will not have a morning service. So we've got the, uh, the morning off to, have to get a r- bit of rest before we, before we work our socks off to serve the community in the evening on the 17th. So that would be really, really good. So this series is all about an unexpected Christmas, and we're looking at three accounts in the Nativity series um, on times when some great news was told to different people. So who's ever heard of some great news in their life? I guess as a nation, we've heard some great news this week, haven't we? Those that enjoy the uh, like the royal family, what was the news? Harry and Meghan getting married next year, probably maybe around May time, is it? Yeah, who enjoyed that piece of news? Yeah? Gosh, this yeah, this side, I really enjoyed it. This side, oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> oh, humbug. <laughs> Give me the word, brother. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's great news. It's always great when there's a royal wedding about to happen and it's a real lift for the nation. And, uh, but there's times in our lives when we have great news. Sometimes we have um, bad news or unexpected news, but when we have unexpected news and it's good news, it's always good, isn't it? It's always good and we respond in different ways. And we're going to be looking at um, three different accounts in the uh, nativity story about how good news was received by different people. And today I'm going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. And uh, we're looking at the, the account of Zechariah and how he receives a uh, visitation from an angel. Um, but, you know, when we receive good news, the question is, how do we respond? How do we respond? You know, we can think, oh, that's Good news. Fantastic, but when you see maybe some good news, maybe it's exciting. Maybe good news deserves a response, doesn't it? It does deserves a response. We can be indifferent sometimes and think, "Well, that was good news, great." But it deserves a response. Whether it's a response of someone else's good news, that's brilliant encouragement, or our response. We we receive good news personally. We can be thankful to God if we're a Christian, can't we? So, turning your Bibles, if you can, to Luke chapter one and verses five to twenty-five. Um, I've got this uh, thought with us today. Pleasing God is about receiving and believing. God, um, as, as a Christian, we want to please God. We want to please God. And it says about Abraham, that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And God wants... Uh, we, want, we need to please God as Christians. And to please God means to be having faith, be people, people of faith. So we need to receive from God and to believe. And the believing part really does um, please God. Sometimes we m- might compare ourselves with other people and think, well, that's that person over there, that's a person of great faith. But the Bible says we've got a, a face as small as a mustard seed. God is looking for people that have faith. Small face great faith, whatever our measure of faith is, he wants us to believe, receiving and believing. And the context of our passage um, is this. There's been 400 silent years. There's been 400 years of past when God, since the last time God has spoken to the nation of Israel. 400 years since God has spoken through a prophetic voice or an angelic visitation. Imagine 400 years where God has not spoken. We can't really imagine that today because we've got the word of God. We listen, we read the Bible. We might hear prophetic words. I certainly haven't ever received an angelic visitation, but other people have. 400 years where God has not spoken. That's a a time of poverty, spiritual poverty. Then we see that we don't know, but the nation of Israel are expecting the Messiah to come. The Messiah, uh, maybe uh, their expectation is that of a political figure to come and save them from, um, and has been foretold from time before, to save them from their circumstances. And also, as has been uh, foretold, is that a forerunner would come before the Messiah. It's been prophesied that Elijah, Elijah, if you don't know, was a a prophet found in, in Kings, a real man of power for the hour did uh, amazing things. And it's been foretold that the prophet Elijah would come back before the Messiah. So this is the context, the context of spiritual poverty. And now we find ourselves, the nation of Israel, are um, under the rulership of the Romans. And if anything, they're saying, oh God, would you save us now? Would you save us? Into this context, we find two characters. We're going to find it in Luke chapter 1 and verses 5 to 25. I'll read it out to us. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. It's worth noting there we have two people who are married, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they're both from priestly backgrounds. One's in active ministry as a priest, and his wife Is from the descendants of Aaron, both of whom were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. I think we need to pause there. Here's two people, and the Bible tells us that these two people were blameless and holy. They weren't without sin, because no one is without sin. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But they had a desire from their heart to serve the Lord and to follow his commands. But in verse 7 it says, But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. It's a double whammy. Maybe for years they were praying, Lord, can we have a child? Can we have a child? And now they've they've grown up. They're older. They're older people. And maybe that prayer for a child isn't being prayed anymore. Maybe they thought, well, that was for a time then. So suddenly we've got a a couple that were childless because Elizabeth was barren, not able to conceive, but also they were very old. That's worth noting. Because when times seem bleak, when, when it seems like we're up against a challenge, that's where God can step in. Whatever your deepest challenge is, here's a double whammy. Elizabeth could not conceive and they were old and into this context steps God. Once, when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go to the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. So what happened when they burned incense, they had a, a, a hot coals, they'd pour incense onto it and then the, the priest would be saying prayers on behalf of the nation. Outside, some people uh, would be praying too. And uh, what would happen, there are different divisions of priests, and we see that, uh, that Zechariah was of the, the, pre, the division of Abijah, and it was his time to go because they would cast lots. You might think, casting lots, that's a bit sort of like, a, by chance, isn't it? Here, pick, pick the longest straw, the shortest straw. Whoever picks the shortest straw would go and serve. But can I say this? With God, there's no such, such thing as chance. There's no such thing as chance, because God knows what's going to happen. And God knows that this man, obedient to things of God, childless, would on this day in history enter and burn incense and pray. And verse 10, And when the time for the burning of incense came... All the assembled worshippers were were praying outside. It's thought this is probably a, a, a festival time, a feast time, because there's a whole multitude that are outside now praying. If it was a normal run of the mill week, there'd be a few people, but there's a whole multitude that we see later in the chapter. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Let's just pause there. An angel of the Lord. Imagine you're Zechariah right now. Put yourself in the shoes 2,000 years ago of this man called Zachariah. And you're doing what you normally do. You're burning incense and you're praying. This might last for half an hour, an hour. And suddenly, you open up your eyes and you see an angel next to you. The Bible's silent of what the angel looks like. We know the angel's name. How would you feel? Was the angel standing there the whole time and suddenly did did Zechariah suddenly see the angel? We're not sure. But it says in verse 12, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. I'm sure if I saw an angel suddenly standing at my right side, I'd probably uh, be feeling very much like Zechariah. So the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. What was Zechariah praying at that moment? Was he praying for a child? I don't think so, because of his old age. But maybe he was praying for the coming kingdom. Maybe he was praying for the Messiah that's been foretold. Maybe under the, the oppression of the Romans, he was praying, God, would you set your people free? And the angel responded, Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. I love it in the New King James Version, because it says, Your prayer has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. I love the word, and, because and means this and that. I talk to uh, uh, Leanne all the time about, I call it the, um, the tyranny of the oar and the power of the and. Why Why can you just have this or that? Why can't you have both? That saying, you can't have your cake and eat it, it's absolute rubbish. (laughs) If I've got a cake, I want to eat it. And. Well, I mean, you would buy me a cake, but you can't eat it. All you can do is look at it. And. And is both. And with God, why can't we have and? Why can't we have this and that? Why can't we have a man praying for the Messiah to come and... Suddenly, God to answer his prayers from years back. Those prayers that perhaps on the shelf. And God provides a son for him, even though he's old. And he says, your prayer's been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you are to call him John. John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. We'll just leave it there. So he's going to be a, a, a Nazarite. He's going to be basically someone who is going to be, um, as we, if we fast forward the story, we know that John became a man that lived in the, in, the, in the desert. He dressed funny, he spoke funny, but he was serious about God. He was a, he's a mover and a shaker was John. But here we know that he's going to be called John and it's going to be a joy to many. Why? Because he's going to be telling the nation of Israel that the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. But also, he wasn't going to say the Messiah is coming. He's going to say, come on, repent, you brood of vipers. Yeah, he was a man that never mixed his words. He was actually, at one point, he, he was baptising people because baptism is a symbol of changing your mind. Saying, God, I want to follow you. But he was baptising people with me. He was angry because he thought they're going to escape um, vengeance. God's wrath. But you know what? When we turn to God, whoever we are, whatever we've done, there's grace, isn't there? There's always grace. There's mercy for us. So John was a real character to be. And he was that forerunner that was foretold. He will bring back many of the people of Israel... To the Lord their God, and he would go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents their children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Right there, we see the last two verses of the Old Testament in Malachi chapter four, verses five and six. We see uh, uh, we know that it's been prophesied that Elijah was going to return, but actually John was coming as Elijah. He it was, it wasn't Elijah. But he was coming in basically the attitude and the spirit of the man of God called Elijah. If you like, they were very similar. In terms of characters, temperaments, very outspoken. He was coming in the spirit of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons. Amazing. Zachariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. You know, it's going so well. It's going so well. We've got, Eli- um, we've got Elijah, we've got uh, Zechariah, he's been following the Lord, he's, lost, he's turned from to, to serve the Lord on the burning incense, and now his angels appeared, and the angels said some brilliant news. It's going so well. And then he opens his mouth. Have you ever had a time in your life where life's been going so well and you said something and put your foot in it? <coughs> yeah, I know I have. I think, why did I say that? I should have kept silent. And he says, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Sometimes our problem is our brain. And it's particularly in Western society, where we're very much about what we know, what we can prove, Show me the evidence. And that's all well and good. And what um, Zechariah was saying is, how can I know this? I need to know what you're saying is true. He's got an angel in front of him. He's got an angel. So listen how Gabriel responds to these words, how can I know? It's threefold. Number one, I am Gabriel. Maybe you've heard about me. I'm Gabriel. Number one. Number two, I stand in the presence of God. And number three, I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. But because he wanted to know, show me the evidence, how do I know this is going to be true? Before we give Zachariah a hard time, maybe we've been like that. Maybe God has spoken to you in times past and you thought, well, how can I know? Can you prove it to me a hundred times? Can you cause a number 21 bus to come around the corner with a blind man at at the wheel? We want a proof that God is looking for faith. Next week we're going to hear about Mary. And Mary was also visited by an angel. But But she wasn't saying, how can I know this? She responded in faith. And so Gabriel responds by saying, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. We actually think he was not just mute, but also deaf as well. Deaf and mute. He couldn't speak and probably couldn't hear as well. Why? You want a sign, Zachariah? You want a sign? I'll give you a sign. Be careful what signs you ask for. Because God wants us to be people of faith. And sometimes all we need to do, and I say all because life is difficult and there are challenges, but when God's word comes to us, let's be a people that say, okay God, I may not know how it's going to work out, but I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. God, show me that one step I can do. You've told me to do something. I'm nervous. I'm not going to ask you a 1,001 different um, proofs or fleeces. I'm going to choose to trust you. Now we have to be wise as well. When, God, when we feel God speaking to us, then do talk to people that care for us, people uh, who are mature in their faith, maybe just a sense check, but not everyone will understand what God is saying to you, so we've got to be careful too. But let's be people of faith, people that know what it is, just to say, God, I receive your word, I trust you. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. It should have been about half an hour, an hour, but it was a lot, lot longer. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realised he had seen a vision in the temple. For he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. Verse 23. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. And for five months, remained in seclusion. She hid herself for five months. Why? Was it because she was worried about an older lady... Having a bump? I don't think so. I think it's because in verse 25 it says, The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace from among the people. The thing is, in that situation, in that context, if you were a woman you couldn't have children, it was viewed as a disgrace. It was viewed as you were second class. Who was going to look after you later on in life? Maybe you had secret sins. Maybe you were a sinner for God. But here's two people who are both of the priestly lines. One was active in ministry. This one was of the line of, of Aaron. Yet couldn't have children. And her response is, do you know what? The next five months, I'm just going to spend time with God. I'm going to hide myself. I'm going to spend time with God. Because I am so grateful. Wow. What a response. I am so grateful. A miracle happened to this family. So what can we learn about this today for our lives? Pleasing God is about receiving and believing. Receiving from God, positioning ourselves to hear from him. And then when we do hear from him, and we will hear from him, choosing to believe. So there's three things in closing today. To please God, faith is about, number one, receiving. We see Zachariah positioning himself. He's doing his normal duty, but how is he positioning himself? He could have had a hard heart. He could have had a cold heart. He was childless. Maybe, God, I've been praying for you for years for a child, and you never answered my prayer. You never answered my prayer, and maybe he could have turned bitter. But guess what? He never did. He kept a soft heart. He kept a soft heart before the Lord. And maybe some of us today, when we've got prayers that are on the shelf and they've been answered, how are we going to respond? God wants us, no matter how desperately we want, maybe a change or an answer to prayer, to keep our hearts soft before him. That's what he looks. He doesn't look at the outside. He looks at our hearts. We've got to keep our hearts soft, church. He was receiving from the Lord. He was actively serving the Lord. He was going about his his business. And in, in it all, they didn't just keep their hearts soft, but they kept, kept on serving the Lord and doing what was right before the Lord. They pleased the Lord by their lifestyle. Let's be people that know what it is to please the Lord by how we live our lives. And in that context, let's position ourselves to hear from God. God wants to speak to us. We are so, I'm so thankful that we haven't got this 400 silent years going on, but we need to be opening up the book. We need to say, God, would you speak to me? I need to hear from you in the busyness of life. And can I encourage us in the busyness of this season? And it is sometimes crazy season, Christmas, but a wonderful season. Let's position ourselves as individuals to hear from the Lord. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to your family. God wants to speak to you as a couple. Position yourself to hear from God. Number two, believing. And when God speaks, not if, when. Believe Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. We see in the, in the account that Zechariah didn't believe the word of the of the angel, but it still happened anyway, because God was on control on the throne, and God was in charge and God had ordained that John the Baptist would be, um, would be born. But when we hear from God, let's be people that know what it is to say, okay, God, I just choose to believe you. I choose to trust you at your word. But we can't just believe, because James responds by saying, "Faith and works. When we believe God, there will always be action that goes with it. We've got to step out and face so maybe when God's word comes to you, say, God, I trust you at that. Ask him, what's one thing that I need to do next? Maybe a thought, uh, or, or an idea will come to your head about something you need to do to outwork that, that, God's doing. Faith and works always go together. And thirdly, conceiving. Elizabeth conceived a child. The miracle happened. And when God's word comes to you and to me, the miracle happens. When we respond in faith, let our hearts be like an incubation for faith. When God speaks, let us nurture that. As as Elizabeth, she hid herself. I'm not asking us to hide ourselves when God speaks. But Mary hid herself, prepared her heart for all that was going to happen. The double whammy, remember? She was old age and she was barren. Yet nothing is impossible. For God, Nothing is impossible for God in your situation, in Elizabeth's situation. Nothing is impossible for God as a, for us as a church. Because with God, all things are possible, amen? But how's our faith? God wants to be a people that know what it is to respond. And as we respond in faith by, by believing, then we, the miracle can happen. But the miracle all starts with a step. The step was, she conceived in her womb a baby. Then the baby had to grow. And then nine months later, the baby had to be born. But we know that when Mary visited Elizabeth, there was a leaping in the womb. And we believe that was a time when John was filled with the Holy Spirit, as was foretold by the angel. Conceiving. What are you doing to conceive the vision, the dream that God has given you? What are you doing to to nurture the word of God that has come to you? God wants us to be people that are carriers of his word carriers of the promises that he's given us what has God promised you what is God saying to you if he's not my encouragement is find some time this week get into the presence of God say God I need you to speak to me for my life my family my marriage my work my ministry whatever it looks like God would you speak when he speaks then nurture that Pour faith onto that. Receive it in faith. Maybe you say, okay, God, I'm going to pray for that. Pray for that, that every day. As we pray for things, the dream comes alive. The dream gets awa- awakened in us. And but until the time when it it's right to, to give birth. But what's one thing you can do? What's one thing you can do? I'm so excited about this Christmas time. If I'm honest, it's a time, it's a bit nervous. It's that place of being happy scared. Last Christmas, we were completely um, inundated, weren't we? Is there faith in the house today? Is there faith in the house today? Is there faith that says, you know what, that town hall that we're booking, and we're paying a lot of money for the event, that we could fill that place? Is there faith? I thank God, um, I counted up, we had about 150 of these cards left last week. And we had about 75 of these ones left. So we ordered another 300 of these and 600 of these. Already, that means that already close to um, 3,000 of each have gone out. Yeah? 3,000. So I'm asking you, what are you doing in faith? Because we believe God has spoken to us about this. What are you doing in faith? What's your response? We had a good time last week, last year, but this year God's saying, step out, step out, go into a community building, step out. Are you receiving that in face? I was chatting to uh, our children at the dinner table yesterday, and uh, there's a bit of negativity happening, as happens with kids. So I had my uh, big pint glass of juice, and I downed half of it. I did the usual, I said, okay, children, is that glass half full or half empty? Now, they thought it was a trick question, so Isabella went, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia went, it's half empty. Daniel went, it's half full. I so said, the reality is, it is both. But it's all about how you choose to see it. How do you choose to see that town hall? I love to surround my pe- myself with people who are people of faith. I can be naturally wired to be a person that sees the constraint in situations, and we need that. And I need people around me that can say, "That you need to think about that situation." But I also constrain people, and I include myself with this. We need to be people of face. let say there's an issue, but here's a solution. Let's be solution-minded people. Let's be people of faith. We can see that place packed. We can see that place filled. But it's going to demand action from all of us. Our prayers. Are you praying for your three people? Three people that you're going to invite to the event, a coworker, a neighbour, a family friend, family or friend member. You know, let's be praying, let's be inviting, and let's dare to believe that as a church, we can pack out that venue, and that we can see this Saturday this place full. Last year we think we had about um, at the Christmas kids' Christmas party, we think we had about. Um, about 70, I think. We didn't, uh, But this year, we're looking to go even more. And it was great to hear that Oasis had some great, great time yesterday. And all week, all the last two weeks, had people phoning up and leaving messages on the, vo- on the voicemail saying, we want to book in. People outside in the community. Wonderful. That's what we're about, church. We're about reaching out into community. And we're about positioning ourselves as a church so that people who have never heard the good news about Jesus can hear it. And it's going to be a great event. But what are we doing? What are we doing? Have you given your flyers out? Have you owned your street, as David said? Have you prayerfully put a, a, a leaflet through every single door on your road? If not, we've got, I've got a solution for you. At the back there, there's loads of flyers. Take a handful and fly your street. Let's not, let's not give an opportunity where we haven't done our best. Faith and action. Faith and works. God does his thing. He speaks, then we have to do our thing and we have to work. But going back to your personal life, what is God speaking to you about? Do you need a word from God? God can speak to you. Be, position yourself into faith. Position yourself to hear from God. And in the busyness of the season, open your Bible, ask God, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you loud and clear. Amen? Let's pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.